this whole idea of like, I'll wait till I'm older, I'll wait till next year, I'll wait till any waiting. Maybe it's just because how we grew up with our coach. Like, there's no waiting. Mm-mm. There's no. only action. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser. Where we teach you to salon differently. After years of searching, we finally found a software that does it all. Introducing Aura Salonwear. With Aura, you have the simple tools to streamline your business, such as a card on file, settings for hourly pricing, and even station sharing options. Implement communication boundaries with clients by interacting directly through Aura. Finally, a software that takes your business as seriously as you do. If you're interested in this type of profit maximization, visit aurasalonware.com DTH to receive special discounts and promos. As a hairdresser, I know the struggle of managing your back bar, and that's where our friends at SalonScale come to play. While you weigh your products with their app, SalonScale automatically tracks your products used, making inventory management a breeze. Not to mention, they also save your formula. They are a digital solution for back bar management, and they really make it easy. You know we're both big on knowing your numbers, and SalonScale does just that. Visit salonscale.com slash DTH and use the code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off your first year. One of the biggest, what is the biggest question we get um, as coaches from salon owners looking to join our program? How do I motivate my team? How do I motivate my team? How do I get my team to do things I don't want to do? Yeah. How do I get them to work? How do I get them to sell more retail? How do I get them to... Fold towels. Fold towels. If you haven't listened to our towel episode from the beginning of the year, please pause right now. Go back. It's sometime between January and March. It's about towels. Go listen to it. It's how to avoid folding towels. How to use your trauma to avoid folding yes. towels. Yes. That's a good title. I Motivation is not real. And I think that people need it's, to realize and it's that. It's really toxic. Motivation the the what you what is required for someone to feel motivated is not a sustainable process. I remember watching um I think it was God, the it was called the show. God, it was called God. <laughs> it was a show narrated by Morgan Freeman. Ovs, and he traveled around the world. Yes, interviewing that was so good. People. Different religions, yeah, and like interviewing people, and it it was very great. It was, it was so good, yeah. But he, or who is God, or what is God, something like that, yeah. yeah. And he talked to a scientist mm-hmm. who they were doing like studies in the brain and. They were talking about motivation mm-hmm. and how, like, we use like prayer and meditation. We use like things to get us to a point where we will do something. Yeah. So, like, he was talking about there's this like arch in brain activity that when you're sitting on the couch, even and you're like, I need to do the laundry, I need to do the laundry, I need to do the laundry, you're this little arch in your brain, like, just uh, thinking about just it, just thinking about it, like, starts to build, but you aren't going to do it until it hits a very specific part of the of like the brain, mm-hmm. which we call, which we would say, oh, I, I got, all of a sudden I felt motivated to do it. It's actually building through time. And what they found is that every person experience, like every person got up to do that thing when it hit that mark in their brain. But every person, uh, it took different people, different time, amount of time to get to that mark. And we use things like prayer, meditation and exercise. We use those things to help build us up to that 
mark. That's why some days you'll wake up. Like as humans, like we connect to all those things. Right. You'll wake up and you'll be like really motivated and you get like a bunch of things done or all of a sudden you have like a second wind. It's because that that brain activity finally built up. And it can take days too. It can take days. It can take years. It depends on whatever it is. And it was just interesting that he was talking about it. And then they did some... uh, the scientists had shown him some scans of people that pray and meditate and people that create peace within internally. Yeah. And then he was, and then people that just exercise, like, and they all lit up the same part of the brain. And Morgan Freeman says something really interesting. He said, Oh, so that's scientifically that lit up part is God. And that, and the scientists like, yeah, that if you wanted to have a scientific, if you wanted to see where God was scientifically, it's right there. Whoa. And so it was connected to motivation. But, I need to rewatch it because I don't remember that part. But the, the interesting part was like the motivation. It, it isn't motivation really. It, we we wait for motivation to happen or we think we have to get motivated. But there's a f- scientific process going on with the brain. And sometimes your brain isn't ready to do something. Yeah. And so you won't well, do it. That's, all, that's also why we teach uh, reactive systems too because every staff member, every client, every business owner has a reactive system. And I think a lot of people go into business and they lump everyone to a box to do the same things, which comes from the factory mindset. We've talked about that in another episode. And when you remove that and you start to just identify one by one with each stylist on what they want, what their goals are, sometimes that sparks what you're talking about, that motivation, which will then eventually result in getting it done. If you want to know where how to spark motivation, put yourself in a painful situation. For sure. Put, put yourself, yourself in a situation where it, you have no other choice. Exactly. And we talked about this before in another episode about risk-taking. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. But when you put yourself in a situation that's painful, motivation shows up very quickly because your brain, even that brain activity has to speed up. Yeah. Right? You have to make a decision quickly. You have to do something quickly. And the point is that we've kind of built a life of comfort. We think comfort's the goal. So we build a life of comfort and then our motivation flattens because... Which comfort is restricting. It's sometimes soul crushing. Sometimes it's depressing. Sometimes yeah. it's it's all those things. So I, I don't understand where that became the goal. I've actually lived more fulfilling life being uncomfortable than I yeah. ever have staying comfortable. You know, I think about, and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now, probably haven't raised their prices in a year, two or years, more. three years, 10 years, five years. And I challenge you with like, why? Why not? You know? Oh, I, well, I, I mean, I don't even have to, I don't have to act, interview anyone. I know why they won't. Yeah. But uh, my clients, yeah. believe me, mm-hmm. you, you know, not, my, I, where I live, won't, that won't be supported where I live. Yeah. It's too expensive. Um, I'm already at the top. We, whatever excuse that you think you originally uniquely have, you don't. Well, also, I think the solution for that is put yourself in a situation, obviously a risk, something uncomfortable, which becomes an opportunity that it's non-negotiable. You have to raise like buying a house or I'm having another kid or I'm buying a car. Maybe I want to open a business or maybe my family wants to go on a trip or, you know, whatever it is that when it becomes something like, oh shit, like if I don't make more money. How how many people have we met that have told us, I just want to pay my bills? Oh, that's enough. That's just enough. That, 
Because it's more it's than never that, enough. That is because your bills are ever flowing. Expenses happen. But more There's than no that, that's what that. people will, before they really get into coaching before they change their or mindset. they limit it. I just want to make six thousand a month, and I'm like, well, what does that cover? Well, that's that's all my bills plus like you know groceries and gas, and then like a thousand for fun, you know. And that's a that's a huge income. Yeah, it's great. But why limit that? Like, why aren't we thinking limitless? Like, even when I think about our business, I'm like, I want to attract a limitless amount of students because I have gotten caught up in doing the numbers and thinking, even when I was a hairdresser, even as a, a you know, co, co-founder of a salon business or a salon coaching business, I, I get trapped in that, like, I just need this many clients this right. month. I just need this many students to sign up. And I started to really work with my mindset on that, with my coach of just really working on, like, I, this experience, this discomfort, this uncomfortable emotion that I'm putting myself in is going to attract a limitless amount of clients, a limitless amount of students. Because I want to make so much money that I, in this moment in time, can't even fathom it. And now a word from our sponsors. We have partnered with Hair Story, a product line that is good for our clients, our planet, and our bank account. Have you heard of New Wash? It's like a shampoo, but actually good for your hair. New Wash is a cleansing cream that cleans and conditions without the harsh foams and damaging detergents found in traditional shampoos. Hair Story does things differently, creating more conscious options that respect the environment and your hair ecosystem. Ready to try New Wash for free? Visit hairstory.com slash DTH to get pro access today. I think when it comes to motivation, people... And also, I, I my brain is like kind of all these things are coming up. Like I remember, a lot of people would say, "Oh, well, motivation doesn't hairdressers aren't mo- motivated by money." I'm like I don't know who said that. Because <laughs> I am. There but are also, some people out there that have reactive systems that actively make them avoid money. So right. they might have been comparing it on that very small percentage of our industry. But doesn't that still mean they're motivated by money? Yeah. Reactively. Yeah. They avoid it but it's still motivation by money. And I, and I think the idea of, you know, what motivates you when you, when someone says what motivates you, walk out of that class <laughs> because it's essentially like, how can we trick your brain into working more? How can we trick your brain into getting With to no the next through. level? Motivation is a really addicting process. Motivation is like putting a carrot in front of you. I picture like a stick with a carrot. On a treadmill? And the the rabbit is trying to get the carrot, but the rabbit can never get the carrot because it's always too far in front of it. Yeah. If you but if you put the rabbit, if you take the carrot away and you put the rabbit in an uncomfortable situation where it has to find a carrot, that is not only motivational, inspirational. That rabbit will feel fulfillment from the process. That rabbit will find the food that it needs. I think like we think motivation is about putting something in front of us, a goal. Um, an idea, a person, something in front of us that we may never really achieve, but that we want to get towards, and we don't really get towards it. We just become exhausted by it. And sometimes we get exhausted just by thinking about it, and that becomes so daunting and big that it's all-encompassing, you know? Yeah. I I think something that, um, again, this all stems back to just having support and having a coach or a mentor, but... Our coach, our teacher, will I'll be like, well, I want to do this, you know, next year. And they're like, well, why not right now? And of course, I come up with every excuse, just like all of you. We're human too, <laughs> even though we teach this. And 
then we get to the point of like, but why wait? Like, and I'm like, why am I wait? Wait a minute. I'm waiting because it's scary. I'm waiting because I have to do something. I'm waiting because it's uncomfortable. I'm waiting because I have nothing to lose if I don't do it. But instead of thinking, I what can I lose? Like, I have nothing to lose, so why hurry it up? I should be thinking like, what am I stopping? What am I blocking? What am I missing out in the future? What What am I making future me lose? And we are we are losing time. So. Uh, yeah, y'all. I don't know if everybody knows, but we're slowly dying here. <laughs> we don't talk about it very often, but it is happening. I remember, I, I think I've shared this story a lot, but like my teacher telling me, you're not going to do those things when you're older. You won't. You're not going to... I'm already tired. You're not going to travel the world once you're older. You're not going to learn a new language when you're older. You're not going to buy that house when you're old. Nothing is going to happen when you're older. It's going to get harder because you have more to lose. The risks become bigger. It, and our bodies are tired. Our bodies start to break down. So this whole idea of like, I'll wait till I'm older. I'll wait till next year. I'll wait till... Any waiting... Maybe just because how we grew up with our coach, like, there's no waiting. Mm-mm, there's no. only action. I think that's why midlife crisis has happened because it's not proactive, and that's why every that's why it's called a midlife crisis because it's so reactive. That it's that part of the brain, that brain that yeah. finally finally says we're going to do something. We're going to do something, and it looks to the outside world so reactive because this is pent up motivation for so long right. that it's finally and it usually breaks out. You know. In society, we have kids at a certain age, and then the kids grow up, and so it always falls around like forties and fifties, where someone's just like they pop off. Yeah, I'm gonna buy a boat and be a sailor. I'm gonna sail the world. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna buy. Uh, my wife and I were talking about it right now. She's like, I want a boat. I was like, Let's go fucking get a boat. Yeah, we have nowhere to put the boat. We right. like you know, but why not? Like, and you know what that's gonna do? It's gonna motivate me to make more money. I'm gonna. You're gonna find a way to. I'm use gonna it. find a way to use it. I'm gonna ha- live a life. Like, why? She's like. They're only like $8,000 and we could do this and do that. Do we have $8,000 to spend on a boat? Absolutely freaking not. $8,000 plus all the maintenance Oh, for of the sure. Boat. I'm like, we're looking at massive amounts. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes just a relish in that idea and, and even having a partner and a friend, like, to not shoot it down. Will we go boat, buy a boat? Probably not. But just to Maybe talk about it. But we plan but to But I seed. will tell you this. If you do buy a boat, you will be on the water faster than if you didn't buy one. Yeah. And I think that's what we're kind of saying is like, I, I when it comes to motivating your staff, I remember... A lot of people will be like, how do I get my staff to clean up after themselves? I go, D- you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't clean up after them. Well, then who does? They, they do. do. <laughs> but what if they don't? They will. Well, how long do I have to... Well, what about the... I don't want my salon to be messy. Well, then you're never going to get to a point where the pain, where they have to experience the pain of their own mess. And until you allow people to experience that, they're not going to change it. And I think that's where people, if you're a salon owner, if you're a parent, <laughs> but if you're this a salon owner. extremely relevant if you're a parent, yeah. You want people to change, but you won't allow for the environment to be proactively painful enough for them to have to take responsibility and to create the change. So if you want to motivate them, stop doing what they, stop doing for them what you want them to do for themselves. I would say also work on yourself. Clean your own space. Do your own social media. If you're selling products, sell your own products. Make your own money. Raise your own prices. Right. Because they're watching you, whether you think they are or not. And that's not motivational. That's inspirational. It's inspirational. That's where we want to live. We did um, 
I think we should do it again one day, maybe next next time. We did an episode on the four phases of success, and this is something really um, that resonates in our program. And it was actually a really popular episode. It it has it's up there on our list of high views and listens and download downloads. Um, but it was sometime last year. It's called Four Phases of Success. It piggybacks off everything we're saying right now, and I suggest you go listen to it. You know, I was again speaking of like motivation, inspiration. So, Josh, my partner, it, he goes to Barry's, like the yeah. gym thing. And so he goes to Barry's and he has been training and training and training and training and training. He lost, I think, thir- almost 30 pounds. He looks great. He looks great. And everyone in our he's building. He's a zaddy. <laughs> he's a, a zaddy. <laughs> everyone in our building he, is so surprised by how he looks that they all signed up for Barry's. <laughs> Three people. It's called influencer. And I was, well, what's interesting to me is like that's inspirational, not motivational. Now they have to go there and do the work. <laughs> exactly. The motivation isn't what got them going because we all had motivation to go to the gym. But the minute they saw a result in someone else, that inspiration is what got them to do it. So you can't motivate your team, but you can inspire them. And I think that's kind of where we try to get people. Motivation doesn't work. Mm-mm. But giving people an example or wanting to emulate something, right? Like if you're a salon owner and you want people to clean up after themselves and you're only clean up after yourself and your clients are getting to experience a clean space and how you're doing things, what's going to happen is someone, the person next to you is going to go, I have to start cleaning up too. I have to like up my game. But if you're trying to motivate them to do it without them having the pain and being able to see the benefit of doing it, they're not, it's not going to stick. And I think that's the important part. Motivation doesn't work because it doesn't stick. You have to keep doing it. So you have to be more inspirational. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. I really think business is one of the most spiritual practices that we have. I agree. It's There's so many opportunities to transform, ignite, inspire, be influential. 